Hi, I'm Larry Reed, and you're listening to the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Welcome to the show that gets Christians thinking about faith and politics. Get ready to challenge the status quo, expand your imagination, and tackle controversy head on. Let's stand together at the intersection of faith and freedom. It's time for the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. I'm Doug Stewart, and joined with me again is Dr. Norman Horn, and we are going to talk about whether or not we would push the button. And if you don't know what we mean, you're going to have to listen to the previous episode where we left you hanging as to what buttons would we push. What do we mean by pushing buttons in yeah, the first yeah, place, yeah. Doug? So would if you had a magic button that would delete the state, or if you had the command line that you could copy <laughs> and paste into the machine and delete the state, would you do it? And we answered that in the previous episode. What we want to talk about is my answer to the question. I would like a whole bunch of buttons or levers you want a whole, that, yeah, a whole bunch <laughs> so of that I can pick one by one and decide – Nope, let's get rid of this first, then let's get rid of this, and let's get rid of this, let's get rid of this, let's get rid of this. And eventually it'll be as if we hit the button just, you know, really slowly. And I, and I think that would be an approach. But it does kind of raise an, another kind of interesting ancillary question, which is, well, what are our priorities as libertarians, as Christian libertarians yeah. for that matter? Yeah, that's what as, this reveals. Yeah, as to like what could be our priorities of even gunning for policies now if we, if we could yeah. have that effect. So what are the important things about yeah. where we're at as, as a society, as a as a country right now, even that we should be kind of, quote, quote, fighting for? And likewise, it, what should we probably not worry too much about? As important as they may be, principally, they aren't going to move the needle in terms of uh, high effectiveness. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's there's always the like the big issues, you know, being talked about today. Like right now, it's, you know, Medicare for all or open or closed borders, you know, should we build a wall? Those kinds of things are, you know, they always catch the day. But when we think about our priorities and our principles, like where are we, what hills are we going to die on? What hills are we going to be like, that's not the fight we want to take. And it allows us to say, well, which buttons would we press in which order to go back to that little metaphor? Uh, So I'll start. If I were to pull the lever or push the button to bring the troops home, that's what I would do first. I would end foreign interventionism. As, again, speaking as a U.S. citizen, I would vote to pull the troops out, bring them home. That's my first move. And I think that's pretty you know, consistent with what, like, say, really the Ron Paul revolution was all about. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, yeah. we were, you know, Ron used to talk about, you know, we just walked in, we can just walk out or something. We kind marched of, right in. We, we marched march right in, right we can march yeah, yeah. out home or yeah. something. Well, yeah. And. That was and that was a good thing. We needed to hear that at the time. A lot of people needed to hear it, and a lot of people, you know, realized how important that was. Yeah. Well, and I think that I would see my reasons to that is twofold. One is principled, mm-hmm. and one is the practical. So the principled objection would be, I'm against war. Yeah. And well, I'm I, against forcing other people to kill other people. Yeah. I'll, I mean, that's, like if Ron Paul's commander in chief, would he bring the troops home? Yeah. He probably is the only person who promised to who actually would. So I'm against war. And so Rothbard used to say even that, you know, I'm going to butcher this quote, but he would would say something akin to, you know, the older that I get, the more I kind of see that war isn't just an issue. It is the issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was something I think that affected Ron Paul and affected a lot of young libertarians at the time. 
Well, it um, has ramifications that are more than just the moral ethics of war. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there's so much that's tied into just, I mean, what war is, is, is just barbarism in so many ways. I mean, one could perhaps on some sense say that, oh, well, it brings out heroes or something or a heroic spirit in certain aspects of self-sacrifice or whatever. Right, because the rest of life isn't hard enough to bring out heroics. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, for one, still enjoy Star Wars, the movie, or, you know, I mean, I enjoy that. <laughs> like, it's like that fighting for freedom is pretty cool. I mean, I enjoy yeah. that. But nonetheless, like as it pertains to what is happening in history right now, there's so much about it that is just dehumanizing on, yeah. on all levels. Yeah. Um, it, it's the ultimate evil in, in so many respects, because not only is it the killing of innocents, it's also degrading to every participant, both the soldiers who should have known better uh, and they should, you know, good soldiers follow orders as, suppo- you yeah, know, yeah. as they say and whatnot. But that's not what being a good Christian is. I mean, yeah. certainly we follow the commands of God, but that's like that's a different story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't set up the state to be God in that yeah. case. Well, maybe some do. And that's sort of the problem. Yeah. But that's kind of what, I mean, it is all ties in together. Yeah. Well, one particular aspect that I like to talk to people about who are kind of, you know, support the troops and not the like support the troops, bring them home. Oh, yeah. But like the people who are like, well, we got to support the troops, et cetera, because they they revere the yeah. troops. Okay. So here's, the politicians that order them around suck, but the troops are great. Yeah. <laughs> right. So here's where I go. All right. You love the troops. They're great people. They're the kind of people who would die for us because, I mean, they're actually volunteering to go do this. Yeah. Right. So that's admirable. Fine. Okay. Yeah. We can accept Why that. Why do you want bit. them doing that yeah. anywhere other than our own soil? Yeah. Exactly. Why can't they be heroes at home? home in their yeah. jobs here the immediate the immediate thing we hear of course is that well they're doing it over there so the bad guys don't come here per se i mean you you hear yeah. that but then that's we then that's when you start needing to talk about the aspects of foreign policy and everything from blowback to why are we in a hundred different that countries guys still and, got here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's yeah that's yep. Well, I understand the sentiment, but when you actually convoluted. do the work, when you work it out, it's like, well, is that really actually effective? Yeah. And it, it's not quite the same way. But the, the ultimate thing is that, like, we got to pull the lever to get them out. Like, that's that's it. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and so that's why it was important for Ron to make that argument. That's why we should still do it today. That's for yep. sure. Yeah. So the second one should not be surprising them because we're kind of, you know, and again, we don't, we probably don't follow Ron Paul on all of these issues, but the second one I would do is I would end the central banking cartel. And I think that, well, that's actually probably what Ron's priority would be too. Yep. And I don't even know if he would do that before the war thing, because I think he mentioned that if you end the Fed, then it would effectively end war because then the state couldn't borrow uh, to fund it. Yeah. They're all interrelated. I mean, you know, we've heard it said, and this is important to remember that war, war is the health of the state. I mean, that's that's a classic libertarian quote. And I mean, you can Google that and and find all sorts of writings about that. Um, so that's I mean, that's important to remember. But also like that is, uh, you know, it's integrally related to the Fed is also the health of the state, <laughs> at least in, in the United States. And central banking is terrible. The control of money is is a massive problem for the economy in general. Little side and, note on this particular issue: Would you institute a gold standard, or would you let it oh, be free banking? Oh, jeez! Oh no! It, you know what? I my answer to that is Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, neither Bitcoin, Bitcoin standard. Huh? So you would force everybody to use Bitcoin? <laughs> no, I just think that would be the natural. I think that. Well, I mean, I would predict that over some medium term that that it would be most probable for 
the cryptocurrency in the long run to be dominant as a currency. Yeah. Okay. So free banking with the prediction that Bitcoin well, I don't be think, the dominant. So you, you, when you're referring to free banking, you would mean we the possibility of... U.S. gold standard or would we allow multiple currencies? Okay, so you're just meaning multiple currencies as free banking, not the fractional free banking sort of model. Uh, I would allow for fractional reserve I, banking. Well, I mean, risk. I don't think that... Well, you could allow for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Last because you don't have a Fed. Well, in that... Yeah, okay. We, our Fed's gone, man. That's fractional reserve banking will not survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's some people that think it does. And that's, I guess, the, the question. Which is um, the more libertarian view? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. That's a totally other thing. And if I go down that road too much, I w- might be in over my head. There's so, huge arguments. Oh, there's, so there's, there's that. I mean, goodness. So there's another two buttons we got to think yeah, about pressing. Yeah. Right? Can I press the button on fractional rebanking every day? Yeah. So <laughs> the next one I would do is I would end corporate welfare. Oh, okay. That's and that, that is somewhat tied to the Federal Reserve in, in a sense, but it also would be you would you would, you know, I don't know, a constitutional amendment that no monies could be given to any corporation or whatever, whatever it might be that sort of basically says if you're wealthy and have a business, you're not going to get more money from the state or any money from the state for that matter. So no corporate welfare. OK. All right. I mean, I guess I'm OK with that. I would probably just go straight to flat out taxation. <laughs> oh, delete, so abol- delete the irs essentially delete the irs yeah because i think that's sort of like the the next piece past the fed itself is that by getting rid of the power to tax right off the bat yeah i mean that 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 would we're talking sim- income tax i'm well I, i'm i speak more broadly yeah um in that both the taxation from an income perspective, taxation from, I mean, I, I of course, I mean, opposing all taxation. If we if we want to put, you know, sub buttons into yeah, that, right. you know, maybe, maybe the IRS and income tax first and then, you know, property taxes and, and, and sales taxes. And then finally, but, you know, well, and then corporate taxes. And then finally, maybe, you know, I don't know. You're, I don't have enough things on my list here. <laughs> These are sub buttons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So there's that and corporate welfare and and taxation. Yeah. And I mean, I think right up there and and this is kind of the the prioritization at this point is kind of like, well, you know, pick and choose. But I mean, I think right up there toward the top is going to be abortion. I think we got to like that's got to get I mean, we have to be abolitionists on this topic in the end. Yeah. Like there is so little of a sense in which that abortion should have any role whatsoever in society that that's. I think just super high priority overall. But I mean, the additional part of that is that I think there's, it's really important to, as it pertains to abortion, to also be developing technologies that will assist in making pregnancies viable, even ex utero, if you will. And uh, I think that's, that's really important, but that, I mean, heck, that's something that should be done now. We should, be, <laughs> we should, we should get there in, in as many ways as we can. Yeah. Um, because that's actually viable. Like that's that's a viable thing. Yeah. But abortion is definitely up there as a huge evil that needs to be abolished just flat out. So that's up there for me for sure. Yeah. Nope. I'm with you. Next on the list. Uh, it's funny. Where are you I, going I, next? What's that? Like what you know, What federal what's agency next? are you going to walk down to? You know, yeah. On, on, on right, right. F Street um, or whatever would, it is. I would make it illegal <laughs> for laws – Basically, I would end occupational licensure. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's a major thing. So part of the reason that I do that, that I've listed these in kind of the order. But how many of those listed. are like state related? I mean, like well, it is, but you know, I mean, states. I mean, I guess I'm thinking federal level here on some level. Well, that's level, true. But, yeah. Well, you could make it for, prohibited by the states. Ooh, that like, seems. You nice. could say that yeah. states aren't yeah. allowed to discriminate. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Right. So right. part of the rationale for some of these, the order that I've chosen these things, and again, I don't want to say like one's more important than another, although there is some level of priority making going on, is how does this affect the people who need freedom the most, and that would be like the poor. Okay. Fair okay so ending corporate welfare is way yeah. higher on my list than ending the welfare state in like helping the really poor people. Right. Okay. So like that's going to happen really, really later. Yeah, and and, and partly because it'll be too. a really, really easy argument. If all this other stuff is gone, we may not need it anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it may not even, might just be a button just that's default. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> a have button to, that, a the button, button is failed. like, Oh, I pushed the button. Like, oh, it never worked yeah. anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Oops. So, um, <laughs> and occupational licensure, that would be a major step in lifting up those who are poor and have skills who can do things, but they don't have the money to buy the way into the market. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, they, and likewise, think about the troops, right? So the, it's good for the economy that highly skilled people like our troops are. Would, <laughs> uh, and I'm not trying to, no, I don't mean that disparagingly in any way, but like we revere them as heroes. Why not have them here at home? That's good for the economy. It's good for families. It's good for a lot of other cultural reasons as well. Sure. So there's there's okay. that aspect. Okay. I'm kind of going back to my first item on the list for a different reason. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right up against you and say that's not my next. And then again, this one is gonna be <laughs> like, I think this is like super super freaking important, and that's the uh, the war on drugs. And so eliminating mm. eliminating every federal law relating to you know <laughs> imbibement of chemicals or whatever you know and everything regarding the atf and so on and so forth getting rid of the war on drugs is just like that's a huge freaking thing yep yeah for a variety of reasons it's it's actually it ties into the military it ties into a variety of things regarding even to an extent just well even monetary policy on some level um, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's, <laughs> there's a lot of craziness though, but this is also just demonstrably a good thing. There's, I mean, you're freeing prisoners, first yeah. of all, like I mean, in, in conjunction with eliminating the war on drugs is pardoning people for nonviolent, non-violent crimes, drug, yeah, yeah. for nonviolent offenses. Like yeah. that's, that is an absolute libertarian priority. Yeah. I mean, period. No questions asked. That should just happen. And so that, that's, that's why it's so obvious to me at least and then that's why i want it high 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 on my yeah, list yeah you know we should you're, you're talking about like we should we should have an amendment that prohibits prohibition <laughs> well but but like even if she said you know your one of your priorities is that you know you want to get freedom to the most people well that I'm oh yeah that's getting, clearly getting like literally people do not out have of it. prison who were not supposed to be there out of literal cells yeah i mean we we we're recording this in November, and we've uh, actually, in the past few weeks, published some letters from a guy uh, who is, has life imprisonment right now because of a nonviolent drug offense. And he wasn't even selling. He just happened to be kind of a slightly unwitting participant in the process of traffic. Like, he repaired some vehicles that happened to be, you know, used to traffic drugs, and he didn't even fully understand what was going on. And it's just like, it's it's absolutely heinous. And life? Oh, Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Well, clearly, dude, you gotta, dude, you you gotta see this stuff. I mean, this is insane, Um, and it's horrible, horrible stuff. You gotta go back and you know, his 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 name is Craig Cecil, I think. As if I think I'm getting that right, and and 
his story is is unbelievable. Um, and he should, I mean, he should be instantly released right now. I mean, even yeah. under current standards, he should be freaking released and not not even. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we shouldn't even have to end the drug war to get there. I mean, this this is well, it's horrible what's been done to him. And uh, yeah, that's just to think that that story is only one of many that we don't hear about. That's terrifying. Hi, this is Carrie Baldwin of MereLiberty.com and a contributor here at the Libertarian Christian Institute. If you haven't heard, I'm debating Walter Block on the question of whether a woman has the right to evict or abort her fetus at any time during her pregnancy. This debate will be hosted by the Soho Forum at 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 8th at the Subculture Theater in New York City. Tickets for this event range from $12 to $24. Seating is limited and will likely sell out. Register now to reserve your seat. You can buy tickets at thesohoforum.org. To hear more about my position, you can visit my website at mereliberty.com slash abortion. You know what's interesting is, that just occurred to me, is that the the war on drugs is probably, of all the things we've mentioned so far, probably the social issue closest to getting reversed a bit. Like yeah, well, more of us are talking about that and prison reform and all of that. And like, I mean, again, it's not like it's unimportant to have it like what sixth on our list or something. And again, we're this is yeah. a little bit of like, hey, we're just going to talk about things. Right. So it's not like we're not going to be gung ho about number six on our list happening first. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, duh. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed if the, no. the war on drugs might get abolished first. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. So. Yeah, it's just interesting that that's just an observation that it's gaining more traction in the public mind. That oh yeah, you know, like even even my own father who used to be prohibition about drugs and stuff, yeah. he's kind of like yeah, maybe it's just maybe a kind of bad okay. idea to have to, to have pot illegal. Like it's <laughs> probably not as bad. And well, that that conversation has really shifted over the years. Oh yeah, and libertarians have a lot to be credited for how that conversation got shifted. For sure. Yeah. I think that's, and that's a great thing. That's a great thing. It's only going to be a matter of time before, like even now, a lot of people don't even remember this, but like at this very moment in 2019, 48 out of 50 states have at least medical cannabis legalized at this point. That's like unheard of. 20 years ago, we wouldn't have even thought Oh, this was not even, this was not even a thing 20 years ago, except for libertarians. Now it's actually, now it is a thing. It's not a libertarian issue anymore. Well, it's beyond, it's gone beyond like, that. Like it's become, we've made it it's, mainstream. I, I suppose so. I suppose so. That's the positive way to look at it. it yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that conversation has shifted. It's, yeah. It has become more evident to people and the world has changed. Good. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Can we get it next for the other guys? As libertarians, we say that, that we should legalize everything in that regard. That it's not the partaking of the chemical, the drug, it's not a criminal issue. It's a health issue, if anything. Look, I mean, it's. It, I have no bones about saying that, like, I've never smoked a joint in my life. I've never taken any illicit drug in my life. But I am 115% on board with total 100% legalization and decriminalization and all of the isations uh, that people... You know what's sad is that you had to qualify that with saying you don't want to do pot. <laughs> like, why do people think that the only reason you'd want to legalize something is so you could do it? Well, I mean, it, like, that's, that's just not good faith. I mean, I, 
again, it's not good some faith. Perhaps do from, do that. it's not it's not good faith for those people to make the assumption. But because I can be that honest with them, and because I have no history there, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing that I've done in that respect. But I, yet, I still want legalization to happen. Yeah, I think that's yeah. important. So that's me on the war on drugs. Yay. <laughs> Abolish <Really>? it. <laughs> Abolish the war on drugs. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And next I'll institute a biblical government. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's next on the list though? What do we got? Well, this is going to be the one I'm going to get all the hate mail for. Oh no. Yeah. Cause I want to, I want to legalize immigration. Oh, well, it's already technically there's <laughs> technically there I want to more legalize it. More legal, more legal. I'll set this up one way. Here. I will make it legal. <laughs> yeah. I said earlier that wouldn't it be nice if the troops were able to be productive here at home? Okay. Right? Yeah. And then or later on, it was about occupational licensure. And I said that wouldn't it be nice if people who had skills were allowed to do them without having to pay, uh, you know, exorbitant fees just to do work. Yeah, sure. Right. Voluntarily, right? So obviously I have this sense of, I don't want to call it preference. That's not quite the right way to put it. But I lean toward how can we help those who need to exercise their freedom to become flourishing humans, all right? The freedom to move is fundamental. And the freedom to move is fundamental. And so the people who want to come to the United States, or for that matter, any country, But the United States is currently in a sort of cultural debate war, whatever, over whether or not immigration policy is just. To what extent should we allow more immigrants? Should we restrict them? Do we do quotas? Do we do like there's all kinds of like arguments over it. And I have done a a good many hours. And by the hours, I don't mean like just like six hours. Mm -hmm. But like I've spent a considerable amount of time over the past decade thinking about and reading about the, the free movement of people. And it has been calculated by some economists. And again, it's not like, oh, well, some economists say, but other economists say this. The math works to the favor of everybody. And the degree to which it is in favor of allowing open borders is to whether or not it's a minor improvement in our global GDP and global well-being Mm -hmm. to a significant amount. So no one is saying it will make us worse off. No economist has done that math. Yeah. Uh, the the economist who or or social scientist who has done the research who is like the least optimistic. It's like yeah, we shouldn't do it. But even though mathematically or economically it'll make us slightly better off. Sure. And they, you know, and and again, I'm open to being wrong here because I'm always reforming my thoughts and and I'm willing to hear the arguments. So Are you reformed and always reforming in that in narrow that. sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll so. claim it for I that. So. I'll claim it for that. Sure. Uh, so I, this is the single biggest ticket to ending global poverty. And the, there is a huge pernicious myth out there that poverty is growing, that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, when in fact the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting richer. And Huzzah! Yes. There is a possibility that global poverty, as we understand it and comprehend it today, will be gone by the time our kids are adults. Which is amazing to just even... Yeah. When I say our kids, my kids are like 10 years and under. So <laughs> that's that's kind of what I mean. Um, so that's something to celebrate. 
And that's what I would do. I would make very, very lax uh, border restrictions. You can't call them illegals if you want them to be here. If you <laughs> let them be here. It's like, uh, you know, one one time uh, when Apple introduced the app where you could like follow your family or whatever. And someone said to me, they're like, oh, is that that creepy app that lets people follow you? I'm like, it's not creepy because you got to give them permission. Like you <laughs> yeah. have to say yeah. they can follow you. So if you say you're right allowed now. here, <laughs> then they're no longer illegal. Mm-hmm. If you say they're allowed here, and by the way, in our little hypothetical here, we've ended the war on drugs. Yep. Which by the way, in terms of like what would probably more realistically get done first, I think the war on drugs would actually end before we have far more open borders. I mean, we're, we're talking about that more. So, and it's already done a number on the Mexican drug cartel. So you've got all of the problems that people talk about with, with the border. A lot of them are because they're not open or more open. Yeah, yeah. And so the government has created some some extent of the problem. Uh, so I'll, I'll do a plug for Brian Kaplan's book here right now called Open Borders. Uh, it's Brian Kaplan and Zach Wienersmith. It is a graphic novel. And by graphic novel, I don't mean like full of gory details, but it's actually a comic <laughs> book novel. For those of you who don't the uninitiated. understand that. Yeah, for the uninitiated, <laughs> or maybe I'm just being dense here. But <laughs> anyway. Doug didn't know what a graphic novel was until he got this one. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Doug, no, I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make off color. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No. no. Uh so anyway, that would be my next thing. And in sort of to make a statement, after open borders, then I would end the welfare state. Oh, okay. I'm yeah okay. I I, I think you kind of got me. And honestly, that. I think the reason I would end the welfare state last is it's such it's okay. It's a small portion of the federal budget, and if ignoring the fact that states would probably still implement it to some extent, or even localities or whatever, you're talking about like we're at the bottom of the list here, and the last thing I care about is the welfare state. Yeah, I mean it does affect a lot of people, and that's the yeah. thing. And, and, and abolishing it, the welfare state will it will drive freedom to the right places where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. There will be an influx of, I mean, because we've already done all these things that improve the economy, there will be opportunities to be charitable. There will be opportunities to be more effective in helping people who do need help. And it, for those people who, who who need to move on and be working, who need to find other means to get what they need, that by getting rid of state dependency, it enables a whole lot of opportunity that was not available before. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing uh, for sure. But there, I mean, there are plenty of other things we could abolish too. Like I'm totally cool with like, you know, abolishing the TSA, for instance. I think that'd be great. Yeah. 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 But anybody who's been here for a while knows my, uh, my crusade on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's an important crusade. I'm against being hey, you molested know, I am by against, government. I am against long airport lines. So. <laughs> against long airport lines. Abolish long airport lines. Abolish long airport lines. Make airport. it so. Make, <laughs> if only, yeah, everybody gets the TSA pre-treatment. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> or or should we say, in this case, the pre-TSA treatment. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, the TSA is a, is a big one. Uh, although... I don't know. Would that fall under any of the other things that we've abolished or is that kind of its own thing? Uh, it's under the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. Okay. Which we, I mean, it probably deletes itself somewhere. So. Right. Right. <laughs> <sighs> or at least to some extent. When do I get to throw out Congress? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, repeal the Constitution is, no. I guess, later. I, I don't know. So here, here's the thing. So before I get all the hate mail about open borders, but I'm fine. You can you can throw your arguments at me. Well, we invite you. We invite we you invite to, to you participate to in the comments. Argue with us, please. Yes, please. Make an argument. No, if if before I get that. So the thing about open borders for me is that I think there is a libertarian case for a somewhat closed border. And I don't mean like heavily closed or whatever, but like, I think there is a, you're not, not a libertarian. Yeah. I know I used a double name yeah, okay. because that's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. You can be a libertarian and not be in a favor of 100% completely open borders. Well, no, I mean, who is, I mean, that's, that's sort of, isn't that, isn't that sort of like stereotyping or, or, or hyperbolizing the view? I mean, sure. that's the, well, Brian Kaplan is. Uh, for complete porosity, I mean, pretty much. Eh, I don't. I I highly. Well, I would but, but what that. he goes for is this, and this is, I think, a I really think, critical question: is okay, fine. You're not convinced of open borders, but there's a cheaper and better and more humane way of addressing this, and that's the compromise. It's like, well, if you're worried about um, them getting on welfare, okay, well, oh, you can't have the welfare state. Then what you do is this instead. But, yeah. but your concerns aren't even valid in the first place because he goes through yeah. all of those concerns. Yeah, I get that. So no, but is. I mean, I think there's well, nobody's saying that like, well, you know, I mean, for the most part, nobody's trying to really say like, OK, even the open borders advocates are like, yeah, if, if the guy shows up at the front gates and, and you know, they check his papers or whatever, his passport, and it turns out that he's a convicted felon and he's a he's a murderer and is supposed to be on trial tomorrow in, in Caracas or whatever. Well, we're not going to let him in. I mean, sure. <laughs> so that's, but does that mean you have non-open borders? No. I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But like some people point. are going to say that there's like, you know, we should. So but the, the people want to characterize the view like, oh, well, you just want to open, you just want to let anybody in. Well, that's not entirely true. No, but there, <laughs> but li- there are libertarians who say that, that you can't be for open borders because you wouldn't let someone like, because you believe in property rights that the government has a right to restrict who comes here in the same way that, you know, I right now am allowed to say no to someone stepping on my property. Here. Yeah. Well, that's a nuanced discussion that, that can be had. Yeah. That's a discussion that can be had in good faith. Not the, well, you closed borders guys just want to have, you know, a wall 200 feet high. Right. That looks like the game of Thrones thing. So you're saying that's or, as unfair as people saying, well, you just want to let the criminal in. Yeah. I think that's, okay. I think that that's unfair yeah, sure. on both sides. Yeah. Like the, the Venn diagram of, of how that works is like there's there's an intersection there sure. that that yeah. that fits. Yeah. And that there are people who, you know, claim that, you know, well, the open borders people just want to bring everybody in and give everybody welfare or something. Like, what well, good grief. Come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, the open you borders know? libertarians want to give no one welfare. Well, that's that's sort of the point, right? Is right. It, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But like there's a lot of arguing not in good faith, it seems to me, and a yeah. lot of of straw manning views and so on and so forth. Whereas the traditional libertarian conception and idea of open borders is not what people want to say it is oftentimes. Yeah. And it's also kind of the case though, that the way that some people want to argue that the closed borders guys are just on the verge of Nazis or something like that is just, that ain't right either. Like there's nuance to be had, like just because I want to make sure that I would like to have, you know, if there's a murderer with, you know, with a passport at the border, you know, that he doesn't get in. Okay. Like, like that doesn't make me a closed borders advocate. Right. Right. But 
it also doesn't make the guy who says he's for open borders like, well, he's no longer not open borders if that's what he wants. Sure. Like that's yeah. come on. I mean, we should be able to be better than that. So Yeah, but when you have people actively saying we shouldn't let Muslims in. Like yeah, that's, they're, they're, that's, they're, they're making those arguments. I mean, there are people who are like not Nazis, but like could be if, you know, <laughs> like they might as well be because of the arguments you know, they're making. That's, that to me, like if, if they're going to make that argument, like. Geez. Well, I don't even engage that because I'm like, OK, th- this isn't going to go this anywhere. going to go anywhere. You're you just know. that's that's not a good idea. I've known too many good people. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen people who had. I had a friend who was like who had a job offer from an American university who was stuck in Canada and could not get in. And oh, by the way, this guy is now is like he's doing gangbusters work at this university in chemical engineering as a professor and is absolutely one of the he's going to be a star. He's a super, super yeah. guy. Yeah. His or his country of origin, Iran. Yeah. OK. And that's why they didn't want to let him back in at the border. Iran. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I have many bad words to say to those people who want to exclude him. It's a good thing you're a Christian. Yeah, it's we've had to have our audio guy. You had, to, you had to bleep me out there. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> ah, restricting people is not our thing, especially my scientist friends. But yeah, right. really don't like that. No. <laughs> this guy is my friend. I yeah, can't, they're a special I can't, class. I can't abide right? that. Yeah. <laughs> They need to be the protected hey, it's class. The chemical engineers of yeah, the right. world, right? You got to get them. Got to get them. Give us their due. <laughs> so now that we pressed all the buttons, then what? Press more. Press more. No, we press <laughs> them all. There's no more buttons. We're, we're free society, man. Yeah, we can go like you know, run through the meadow with flowers, with our guns and pot. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you already said you had no desire to smoke pot, so we can't. Well, do that. I'm just gonna have. I'm just gonna wave it around. You're just gonna wave it around. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure <laughs> uh joke of the day if you're having joint pain you might be holding the lit end <laughs> sorry that just reminded me of what you're oh running goodness. through for just make sure you don't hold the lit end or you'll have joint pain oh man oh, that's a terrible dead oof, joke oof oof yeah but, that, that's yeah. i don't i can't one up that one that, that's tough it's pretty bad <laughs> 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 so if you want to write to us and tell us what you what order you would abolish the state what button order you would press you could do that um you engage could, us in the comments engage on, us in the comments on the post or we, on we facebook, post us on facebook however you get this send us a message email podcast at libertarianchristians.com we literally do read every email we do and sometimes we respond now we actually do respond actually we respond to just about every email Yep. Especially if it's clear what we're supposed to respond with. Yeah. Sometimes we get email and we're like, I don't, is there a question here? <laughs> what is your question? This is 42 pages. Like, just, I can't see a question mark in this. Thanks for sharing, man. Go. This is great. Great thoughts. Something like that. No, but we really do value your input yeah. and uh, we appreciate your support. So if, hey, this in, keep engaging with us on the, on the page, on the Facebook group you know, on the website itself, the comment section, we do read everything and we will respond as often as we physically can. But with that, I think this is a, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good stopping point. I think we've covered a lot of ground here and yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep pushing buttons. Keep pushing buttons. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts to help expand our audience. If you want to reach out to us, email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. You can also reach us at LCI Official on Twitter. And of course, we are on Facebook and have an active group you are welcome to join. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Libertarian Christian Podcast is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, a registered 501c3 nonprofit. If you'd like to find out more about LCI, visit us on the web at libertarianchristians.com. The voiceovers are by Matt Bellis and Catherine Williams. As of episode 115, our audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com. Hey, podcast listeners. Since you like listening to audio content, we wanted to let you know about a new audiobook titled Called to Freedom, Why You Can Be Christian and Libertarian. It's read by me, Jacqueline Isaacs, one of the contributing authors of the book, and every download helps to support the Libertarian Christian Institute. To learn more and to download the audiobook today, go to calltofreedombook.com.